We are going to uh, talk about your health for uh, the next half hour or so with uh, Dr. Barry Taylor. Dr. Barry, good afternoon to you. Thank you so much for having me. It is a delight to have you with us. You might have heard uh, Dr. Barry before on Half Hour to Health with Dr. Stephanie, and uh, you've been on that show a couple of times anyway. Yeah, a dozen, 15 times. Uh, Oh, that's it, huh? (laughs) She's very gracious to have me on to talk about a lot of different subjects. Yeah, oh, no no question about that. And uh, Dr. Barry is the author of a book entitled Love Your Body, Your Path to Transformation, Health, and Healing. And I think we would all like to be uh, in great health and uh you know, if you're recovering from something, uh, great uh, healing too. And and uh, Dr. Barry uses uh, naturopathic, is that the pronunciation? That'll work. Naturopathic therapies and uh, works from the premise that your body has an innate ability to heal itself. We've heard that over the years from Dr. Stephanie many times, and yep. you're, you're it, a similar disciple. Well, sh- she is one of the more gifted chiropractors in the Northeast or the entire country for sure. I'm, I'm not trained as a chiropractor. I'm trained as a naturopath. Mm. And we do uh, dovetail into that similar tagline uh, that I love to say to people, uh, your capacity to heal is infinitely greater than anybody's led you to believe. Yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about that as we continue today. But uh, you yourself, uh, in in reading uh, y- your book, you have not always been the picture of health. Uh, understatement of the morning, number okay. one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I had lots of strep growing up as a kid. I was very overweight. I had massive headaches. Um, yeah, took aspirin like they were candies. Took penicillin. I think I was almost left back three or four years in a row because I had a hundred and four fever four or five times a year for numbers of years in a row. Wow. So having strep was like kind of a thing for me. Mm. I think it was a way to get out of school, Ken. Uh, I'm not sure. I, that's I that's I a possibility, well, maybe I, the I suppose. Yeah. Or the Twinkies. Yeah. <laughs> the Twinkies you probably didn't help. You, you weren't supposed to eat by the box. You were only supposed to eat one or two <laughs> one, at a time. One at a time, Ooh, yeah. I forgot <laughs> the, to read the label. And, and that was it, yeah. So <laughs> uh, how did uh, how did it all get turned around? Oh, boy. The short version is I was on my way to Divinity School. I was attending Brandeis University. Uh, it was last century, actually. <laughs> and and I thought um, doing a lot of yoga and meditation was a good deal. So I had um, applied to Yale and University of Chicago and Harvard Divinity School, not to become a priest or a rabbi or a minister, but to get a Ph.D. in comparative religion. And in those days when I was in college, I started seeing a man who was an MD, ND. He got his medical degree in 1930 and his naturopathic degree in 1932. And so while I was accepted to go to divinity school, I kind of took a sharp left turn Mm -hmm. and went to naturopathic medical school, which is a three-year program to get into medicine, and then it's a four- or five-year medical training program. So how was your health at that time when you went to college? Um, I was well over my strep throats, great question, uh, but still suffered a ton from headaches. So in my first year of medical school, um, excuse me, second year of medical school, somebody came and was sharing that they had worked with somebody like I had worked with this man from Wakefield, Mass, mm-hmm. Dr. Louis Ballot. I know where that yeah, is. That's near where <laughs> your roots are. Yeah. Um, and, and he worked with this man 60 miles north of Toronto. So I said, I think I'm going to go 
visit this man. And this man was brought up by his father, was a naturopath. He was well in his 60s. This is in the early 1970s. Uh, and in a couple of months, he got rid of my chronic headaches that I had had for decades. Uh, so um, through medical school was still a time for healing for me. Um, I tend to get sick a bit less than other people. I hope, fingers and toes crossed, that when I do get a challenge, my body heals faster than... But, but you know, eating a bit better or a lot better, and we might talk about this is not about being a purist, this is not only about eating sprouts and carrot juice and tofu, um, it doesn't mean you never get sick. It, right. it just might mean that, you know, you accentuate the positives. We all have are born with certain strengths and weaknesses. And it also might mean that if you eat a little bit better than an average normal person, that you might be able to recover. Doesn't mean that we're going to be immortal. Rumor has it we're all leaving at some moment. I've heard the rumor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so how do the headaches go away after all those decades of battling them? How do they go away? My, my guess is it wasn't aspirin. <laughs> <laughs> Given that I had taken enough aspirin <laughs> so that my freshman year of regular undergraduate school, I found myself in the hospital in Boston because I was bleeding internally. Yeah. That's how much aspirin I had taken. Mm. No, this, this um, doctor north of Toronto uh, was a naturopath homeopath, and he gave me some remedies and he also began to do more than what I had been doing with this Dr. Balot, um, which was eating very well, taking handfuls of vitamins. But Dr. Balot got me a bit into a lot into cleansing and detoxing. Mm -hmm. That's one of my kind of standard models. Mm -hmm. There's one way that I love to work with people is to build strength and intonify. It's health promotion. It's not just disease management. And the other is how to rest, cleanse, and detox your body. So this doc in Toronto said, this is a long one, this is a stretch, that I still had some strep in my body over years that all of the penicillin had driven further into my energy field. Now, he wasn't a hippie. He was an older guy. But he talked in this strange language. Now I'm a second-year you know, naturopathic student. I didn't quite know what driving something to my energy field meant. But he said with all of the cleansing and detoxing I had done with Dr. Balot that I hadn't yet gotten all of the strep out of my body. And he gave me some magical potion as opposed to feather dusting on my head. <laughs> he gave me something to clear the remainder of what he had suggested was all of this suppressed strep in my body. Ken, you and I sitting here face to face, my headaches went away in a couple of weeks. Mm. And that, that strep must have been in your body for a, a long time. Decades. Decades. Yeah, since, yeah. Uh, since I was six, seven, eight, all through my teens and early 20s. And yep, yeah. Mm. So, so there's this whole world that I began with Dr. Balot as an undergraduate at Brandeis when I thought I was going to go to divinity school and teach yoga and meditation. That seems like a good gig to do at college, teach mm -hmm. yoga and meditation. Not meant to be. Um, and and, and uh, Dr. Blatt said, um, you know, you were really sick as a kid. You were really overweight, lots of headaches, lots of strep. He said, how about uh, take one day a week and do a cleanse? I'm taking you back to the late 60s. Mm -hmm. That's 1960s, Ken, not yeah. 1860s. Oh, I know. I'm, okay, I'm familiar with, with the 60s. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and then after I did that for a year, he said, okay, um, 
Every Monday you're just doing veggies. Uh, how about three days every month? So I did every Monday, and I did Friday, Saturday, Sunday, once a month. After the second year, he said, are you ready for the next step? He was kind of like a father figure. I trusted him enormously. Yeah. He said, okay, I want you to do every Monday, three days a month, and how about two weeks every quarter around the equinox or solstice? Okay. <laughs> my mother was very concerned my senior year of college when she came up to see me. It was like several hundred days of not eating that year. <laughs> she was very concerned. God bless her. <laughs> so, so what would your diet be? Then? Yeah. Then um, I did uh, different, depending on the time of year. Yeah. Uh, we were talking earlier about being cold, um, since we're not in Hawaii or Florida. Right. Um, we would do different vegetables, steamed, baked, broiled, yeah. grilled, uh, soups, salads, juices, 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 protein drinks, sometimes a little brown rice. So there are varying degrees I talk about in my book of mm. alkalizing your body, uh, because from a physical point of view, one of the pieces that drives disease is the body being too acid. Coffee, tomatoes, red meat, sugar, alcohol, you know, the biggies, the foods that you and I love to grow up eating. And it doesn't mean somebody should never drink alcohol or never have right. sugar. Yeah. It just means if you make it the main part of your diet like <laughs> I did, let's see, should I have a Butterfingers or a Baby Ruth now? And by the way, I haven't finished that box of Hostess Twinkies yeah. yet. I think I'll move on to the uh, Hostess Cupcakes. <laughs> I hear you. I, I hear you. I had my mom a lot was of warned. similar decisions. Yeah, my mother yeah. was great, but she, she had no idea what a vegetable was unless it was frozen. And then it was only once or twice a month. But you know, it's so true. I, I think of, because uh, we're maybe not the same age, but close, yeah, close enough. Close enough. Same century. And, and, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, uh, people in those days, uh, you know, really didn't think that much about healthy eating. Uh, they really did not. If they did, they yeah. were in the minority. Yeah, That's exactly. For sure. Exactly right. Yeah. So, uh, so that turned you around, and uh, I have I have the feeling that we are, and I don't know if you agree with this. Maybe you do. I think we're uh, an over-medicated society. Um, one of the things that I learned as I began to backpedal after I graduated naturopathic school, always wanting to go to divinity school. And as I married and integrated, and there's nothing religious about what I do, is I, I love to, to, I tell people this is not about you becoming a rabble-rousing herbalist or taking handfuls of vitamins. This might be about how to listen to your body more gracefully. So this over-medication, big pharma kind of orientation that you're talking about. Yeah. I think the context is like me. I had a headache. I took bufferin. Yeah. I had strep. I took penicillin. So nature paths can do this as much as allopathic doctors can do it. That's the context of the, the, the major um, background of medicine is called allopathic medicine, drug surgical medicine is that, um, people are just given something like it's a magic bullet. And to that extent, people can go into, they go to Whole Foods and ask somebody who's getting eight, nine, ten, twelve dollars an hour recommendations to give them something off the shelf as if those people in, in, in health food sto stores know a ton of stuff. So yes, I, I agree. We're over-medicated. 
And it's a blessing if you can start to shift your relationship to your body so that I it's what I call user-friendly. You're a better listener. And it doesn't mean you never take drugs, and it doesn't mean you never take a, a vitamin or mineral, mm -hmm. but you, you might be interested if it's the third or fourth strip yeah. infection, right. or right. if it's a chronic arthritis, yeah. or if it's a chronic ulcer, that you know your, your symptom is not from a deficiency of that medicine. I, I tend to put vitamins and other forms of medication in, in different categories. So when I said, you know, I, I think we're an over-medicated society, I, I really wasn't referring to vitamins, which I, I don't, I, you know. I So you're surprised. As, those, are, those are supplements as, as far as I'm concerned. But, but, uh, the, but the context for some naturopaths can be similar to the same context as the allopathic, where people are taking handfuls of stuff and they have no idea why. Mm. And they have not, should I take this amount like for the rest of my life? So when I'm working with somebody individually, I'm making a distinction between a therapeutic program. Yep. I'm going to do this for a few weeks, a few mm. months, two, three, six months. And then a maintenance program is totally different than a therapeutic program. So, yeah, I, um, some of my colleagues who might know a ton more about herbs and vitamins than I do might still be giving it in a way where they don't see themselves as an educator. M my joy is that I see myself creating partnerships with people as opposed to I know everything I should know about your colitis and your asthma and your mm -hmm. allergies and your ADD. Our guest is uh, a, a great one and uh, love having you, Dr. Barry Taylor, who is the author of uh, a book entitled Love Your Body, Your Path to Transformation, Health, and Healing. And if you have any questions for Dr. Barry, you can feel free to give us a call at 866-823-1077. Happy to hear from you. 1240 is our time. We're going to take a break. Kale & Company will continue right after these words on 1077 The Pulse. 1077 The Pulse. Kale & Company, 1245 is our time. And our guest is Dr. Barry Taylor, author of Love Your Body, Your Path to Transformation, Health, and Healing. How about the distinction between uh, allopathic and functional medicine? Um, the man who wrote the foreword to my book, Jeff Bland, dear, dear friend, he was chief of um, nutritional medicine to NASA. He was chief of nutritional medicine to the U.S. Olympic team. Mm. He was the medical director for Linus Pauling's lab. Those are pretty good credentials. Pretty good credentials, yeah. I would say. Yeah. yeah. So he coined the term functional medicine different than disease management or throwing an herb or throwing a vitamin just at the symptom, I'm not saying never do that, but when you're working with an integrative medicine doctor like myself, um, you're looking at the function. So most blood tests are, wow, if your liver enzymes look like that, I guess you don't have hepatitis or I guess you don't have liver cancer. But the liver does 3,000 different functions and can be, some of them, way off if a woman's got premenstrual symptoms or a man or a woman's got allergies. So functional medicine has something to do with how to optimize the function of the body working using food and supplements and herbs, not just treating the symptoms. Mm. So you, functional medicine's taking off. Mm. Yeah, Jeff Bland had the Institute of Functional Medicine as an academy. 25 years, now it's 30, 35 years later, um, and there are, he, he was my 
nutrition teacher every Wednesday from eight in the morning till five for two years in a row in naturopathic school. Wow. Now he's got doctors that he certifies, and if a doctor, regular MD, a chiropractor, some other um, coach wants to get certified as a functional medicine doctor, I think it's like six three-day weekends, and they have a whole program, the Institute mm. of Functional Medicine. Mm. So I was there in the beginning, in the mid-late 70s with Jeff Bland. When it all took off. When it all took off. He is uh, one of my heroes, and uh, very blessed that he wrote the foreword on my book. Yeah. Now, now, we talked a little bit off the air about your 21-day uh, program that yeah. you have. Yeah. So Dr. Balot, this mentor of mine, <clears throat> Uh, who uh, was this brilliant, brilliant MD slash ND, not many of those, 1930, 1932. Um, he guided me through three, four years while I was an undergraduate through one day a week, three days a month, two weeks every quarter. I remember, Ken, <clears throat> I'm finishing like a two-week juice cleanse. As, as much vegetables as I want to eat, as much vegetables as I want to drink, and I'm walking through a health food store on Newberry Street in Boston. It was mm. called Air One. And as I got my cart and I'm buying some more, quote, more normal foods, and I used to love these tamari roasted cashews, except that I noticed that the pound of tamari roasted cashews were kind of gone by the time I got to the cash register. <laughs> <laughs> the whole pound, huh? <laughs> <laughs> So, so I put together a, 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 a cleansing program where I move people from a group. Um, some people cleanse on their own. Um, I, I've about, since 1981, had 15,000 people. Wow, that's a pretty good sample. I'm very, very blessed to have that. And a lot of them have done it two, three times. It's now an online program. Wow, you can do it from the comfort of your own home. So there are videos that people watch, and I teach them about um, how the body works. And people do it with allergies and skin stuff and lung things and chronic infections and Lyme and weight issues. And, um, and it's not fasting. Thank you very much. You can eat clean. There are different options that people have. Um, there is a uh, stress management relaxation process that people do every day. So it used to be that when I did them live in my clinic, they were three, three-hour and 15-minute programs. Nobody wants to sit in front of a computer for a webinar for that long. The, the, the programs now are about 75 minutes, one night a week. <clears throat> and you watch about 15 or 20 minutes of videos before every webinar. So I'm able to guide people from around the country mm -hmm. through this program. One of my loves, Ken, has been to distinguish health promotion from disease management, one, and that healing is different than health. Some people you and I know are really unhealthy. We'll take weight as an example. Mm -hmm. And maybe um, uh, their thyroid's off. Uh, maybe they're um, uh, eating a pint of ice cream and they're wondering why they can't eat, lose weight or they eat uh, way too much bread or way too much sugar. So there are physical things that is, I have never once asked people to count calories. I'm not a believer in counting calories. On the other hand, maybe somebody has a lifetime of weight 
I know that as somebody who was very, very, very overweight. How overweight was I? Huskies didn't fit me. I used to have to go into New York City to get extra Huskies because Huskies, I just couldn't fit into them. Wow. Now, yeah. when I thinned out when I was 16, 17, 18 years old, and then my 20s, I was in a workshop when I was 30, and I was standing in front of a mirror, and I have this thought that came from somewhere wasn't a trainer whispering it in my ear. It was in my head. I'm a fat person in a thin body. <laughs> yeah. See, that's a healing yeah. issue. Yeah. That doesn't mean somebody needs therapy. That's we incorporate in Love Your Body programs for people to learn how to trust. So there are some people who have difficulty losing weight that might be, say, a thyroid problem or their body's toxic and they didn't know that toxicity mm -hmm. or they're hypoglycemic. They, they never ate breakfast and they just started eating healthy. But the truth is the previous months or years, they've been eating a ton of sugar. Yeah. But there are some people who, if they do lose the weight, because they're not so skilled at listening, they don't realize that as they get closer to their goal, maybe they get more anxious. Maybe food wasn't just food for them. Maybe food was their drug of choice. It actually was the way they managed stress. Now, losing weight is not just a health issue. Yeah. It's a healing issue. Doesn't mean you need therapy. So we do things in Love Your Body programs related to compassion and trust and things like that. And some people use uh, food as rewards. As, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, to, to reward themselves or it, getting like through smoking. something or what have you. It's, well, it, like it, smoking. It, yeah. Stop being angry or I'll give you something to be angry about. <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, go have a cookie. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So uh, J Dog does this uh, once a week, my producer. Yeah. And I do it once a week. Yep. And that is fasting. Okay. What, what is your take on fasting? Before one, I, one day a week. Before I answer, um, Ken, when you, whether you or Jay, one day a week, what is it that you're calling fasting? Are you eating veggies? Are you doing just water? Are you doing juices? What are you doing? I, I'm just doing liquids. Just liquids. J-Dog, what about you? Does that mean liquids scotch just or tequila? Yeah. What's that? Scotch, tequila, a scotch? No, not, none of that on Mondays. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It wasn't fair that I had you step into it. No. So the answer to your question is in the joke we just made, that fasting for some people uh, might be effective, but my question would be, what do you do the other six days? Now, it doesn't mean that we sh you should never do tequila or you should never have a Cuban cigar. Or it, it, it does, it's not like here are the rules, you've got to follow them. It does mean that the fasting one day a week is either going to be in a context mm -hmm. where overall you understand about alcohol, sugar, fried food, red meat, and the other six days doesn't mean you're a purist, but me or somebody's coaching you how to get the most or that one day a week is kind of like a binge purge cycle mm -hmm. in past decades and years where people would just purge yep. and then they'd binge. So the new age version of that can be, oh, I fast on Mondays or I fast on Wednesdays. And mm -hmm. the rest of the day, eh, it doesn't mean you can't have ice cream we were talking about 
or Twinkie. Oh, you can't, can you get Twinkies anymore? Can, are they outlawed? I think are they so. Illegal? No, I think I think uh, you can still get them. I, yeah. I think the brain damage. Yeah. No, I'm sorry, we're not going. There. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, fasting one day a week is in vogue and can be extremely healthy. Here's some people that. But you got to follow it up. Well, here's, say, a a huge group of people, Ken, that it wouldn't be healthy if somebody was pre-diabetic, if somebody was craving sugar, premenstrually, you and I don't deal with hormones, but if somebody were um, missing breakfast, all they were doing was coffee for breakfast. Mm -hmm. And and then they had lunch at 11, 30, 12, and then they didn't eat dinner until late 39. So basically, throughout the whole day, blood sugar is not steady. Those people maybe would do better to not fast one day a week, but would do better to eat healthier one day a week and to cut down and have less sugar or other kinds of things. Uh, Because there's a chapter in the first half of my book on blood sugar stability and adrenal strength. We want you to be able to burn your weight off, not starve it off. People who starve their weight off, I'm calling my bookie, they're going to gain it back or have trouble losing it. Mm. So uh, is there any one thing, and I know you say, you know, once in a while, you know, if you're on a diet or, you know, you're watching your weight, yep. uh, not necessarily on a diet, but just, you know, trying to be better. Okay. Uh, you know, you can have ice cream once in a while, that, that sort of thing, and have a dessert once in a while. Yeah. And just not go crazy, right? Yeah. I mean, we used to say, like, everything in moderation. I don't know if that's necessarily true. Is, is there something that we would be very wise to eliminate, well, period? First, well, first of all, the, 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 the joke was everything in moderation, and moderation is the first to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is there anything eliminate? Yeah. You see, it really depends on your uh, tribe, uh, because if you, you know if your grandmother was diabetic and it's going to skip a generation, then you know sugar and alcohol is going to be harder on your pancreas mm-hmm. than on somebody who hasn't had diabetes at, at all. Right. You know, yep. if 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 somebody's got no cancer in their lineage, then you know I'm not out there recommending people to smoke cigars or smoke tobacco. And part of smoking is that most people don't smoke Native American spirits, but they smoke stuff where what's in the wrapper of most cigarettes is worse than the tobacco Mm. because of the additives and the preservatives. Mm. Um, So it really depends, uh, I don't want to skirt the question, but it really depends on who you are. Um, I would say, if you said, Barry, make a choice. Uh, Can I have my bacon burger? Or my banana split. <laughs> or my fr- Fruit Loops. If, if you look at the, the, the standard American diet, I would say the following. One, your great-grandparents, my great-grandparents probably didn't have three pounds a year of, pres- a year of preservatives, additives, coloring agents. Mm-hmm. It's amazing the toxins you and I breathe and eat that's part of the food that we've gotten used to things. That being said, so, th- so the first thing I'd say is assuming that you're eating cleaner and more organic when possible, and given the rage that paleo is, which is meat, we're gonna eat meat. Um, I- I'd say when you look at the amount of sugar that most Americans consume, 
mo and the uh, uh, how much sugar and alcohol drive acidity, mm. arthritis, and weight, and a lot of cancers can't grow in the body unless the body is acidic. I, I'd say the first thing that people could consider playing with to cut down would probably be refined sugar. And that's where we're going to have to leave it for today, Dr. Barry Taylor. Uh, But we want you back. You're a terrific guest, and I know we're going to learn a lot from you in the uh, weeks and months ahead. I I, look forward to seeing you again. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. We'll see you soon, I hope, and 